Okay, great. So we're really lucky we have another 30-second me to introduce and hopefully another person who will be joining us uh, in our podcast throughout the next year or so. So please welcome Piper. Uh, she was one of the first performance science minor kids to sign up, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're just really lucky to have her around. So we're also join, joined by Joe and Haley. Hello. Hello. And uh, we're going to do a 30-second me clinic with Piper. So, okay, Piper, so your first words on the podcast, tell me about yourself. All right. Well, thanks for having me here. My name is Piper, and I'm trying to break the glass ceilings for women in the hospitality industry by innovating and reorganizing how the industry works. That encompasses real estate, rentals, Airbnb, hotels, and more. I'm really looking to create positive experiences for people in spaces, for them basically allowing them to be their best selves. This is why I've kind of uh, joined the performance science minor at USC, where we look at uh, the science's peak performance in making and allowing people to be their best selves. So it really correlates directly to what I want to do in my life. And so I'm trying to pursue that option with my job right now. <laughs> wow, that sounded like somebody who had practiced. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really good. Really good. So, um, kind of trailed off at the end. Well, yeah, but that's. I mean, I put you on the spot. So yeah, it's it. That's part of it. This that that part of it is just about practice. Mm-hmm. When we practice our thirty second knees, I don't talk too much about delivery and things because I feel like once you practice and in the interview too you don't want it to come across as too stilted but I really appreciate that you didn't just give us the list of facts that go with it so is that how they normally teach you to do how do they normally teach you to do this at Marshall okay so in Marshall they normally teach us a very standard script for your about me and I've kind of veered away from that just recently going through the interview process of when you tell them all the information back to fact, there isn't really anything for them to ask you on. But if you're like, I want to break glass ceilings by innovating through the hospitality industry, like, oh my gosh, like, how are you going to do that? Or that's a cool kind of different way to say things. So in Marshall, though, the standard script goes like this. Hi, my name is Piper Nylon. I'm a senior at USC. I'm pursuing my bachelor's in science and business administration with a minor in the performance science. I have six and, a half work ex- six and a half years of work experience in the hospitality industry, mainly focusing on food and beverage and customer service. I am looking to pursue a career in customer service mm-hmm. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is why I want to work for your company. Cool. Laying down the facts. Yeah, yeah, just the fact, fact. after fact after fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that all, all that information should be, should you need to have, mm-hmm. obviously. But what I, what I want to turn on its head is because that's what every single person does. And mm-hmm. when it's not really tell me about me, it's kind of a, to me, this I'm going to go existential here. It's a little sad when you <laughs> ask people, tell me about yourself, and they just tell you that I'm a junior at USC. Like, mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, that's completely temporary. Is that really who you are? And they I, have your resume right in front yeah. of you. Like, they see your graduation date, that yeah. you go to Marshall. It's just like... <laughs> they know the stuff. Know. And then the other issue we talk about, that if I give you a, a fact, the way our brain works is we feel first and think second, mm-hmm. right? So if I give you a fact, you're not going to sit there and analyze, and you're going to try to 
have some reaction to the fact and then explain how to interpret it. So it, pres- it opens you up to a lot of risk because when you say, I'm from USC, people can respond any number of ways. And when you tell a bigger story around that, that I'm a person who's passionate about breaking the glass ceiling, I want to explore limits. Oh, and to that end, I am working as a junior at USC to grow. Mm-hmm. And here's the courses that I've taken that are going to prepare me to do just that. Yeah. You have that. You follow the actual typical sentence and paragraph message structure of advertising and mm-hmm. you know rhetoric that is so important. Yeah, I really wish in now like looking back at my first one, I really wanted to incorporate my personal philosophy that we worked on. Yeah, I think what we got it down to last year was act with love, and that was kind of like my guiding philosophy because we had I'd always kind of struggled with being like an emotional leader or how do how do I balance this like very emotional self. So I did, reflecting on that, want to add that. that. I wanted that to be, like, my closing, like, my personal That's philosophy cool. is, and then, like... Yeah, and do you feel that that takes a bit of... Do, maybe this is a good question for the crew, too. Mm-hmm. Does that take some courage to say? I mean... in a You know, in a professional job interview? I think it, it would, but as you've said and taught us, it should be something, and Pete has, when he came to talk to our class, you know, he said it, it's something you should say with confidence and pride because it is this filter that you guide your entire life through. And I think it's also a very cool and rememberable thing if you get the opportunity to explain that, where it's, I originally always had trouble giving people feedback or being honest with them or giving them criticism as a manager. But then once we developed my philosophy and it was... I became suddenly okay with it because I knew when I was giving them criticism or, you know, kind of giving them feedback or, you know, having to help them kind of through their first job in college was that if I'm doing it with love, then I'm still doing it with care. And like, that's, if I'm with love, it's so much easier. You know, I'm, I'm doing this because I care about them, you know, and it made everything so much more easier. And once you embrace that side, and if I got the opportunity to explain that where, you know, I'm trying to do all my actions with passion and love and commitment. And I think if you were able to explain that, it's, it would maybe hopefully translate to like a recruiter being like, wow, she's committed. She yeah. cares about the end product, what she does, all the little steps. If I, if you were given the opportunity to explain, then I think it would go very far. And yeah. It's a cool, you know, I get them to explain performance science because it's not necessarily right. intuitive right now when you look on a resume because it is a new field. Right. That you're like, well, I'm in this really cool minor where, you know, we learn how to do this and this is what we've been working right. on. And then I think because I'm passionate about that, it would be easily, like, seeable. I mean, whether or not an employer likes what you have to say when you say you act with love, hopefully they like it. They might, <laughs> they might I mean, respond weirdly. And on one hand, that might tell you that that's a company you don't want to work for yeah. if a mm-hmm. person in it doesn't appreciate that fact about you. But whether or not they like it, they're going to remember you. Like, you're not going to be forgotten by that, by that interviewer. And you get a name drop Pete Carroll. I mean, that's pretty, sure. yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely. Again, depends on the audience. Um, yeah, absolutely. For the, if, they're, if they're 49er fans or yeah, UCLA you might be fans or something. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I like what Joe said about that, that I think we have a duty to be authentic mm-hmm. as well. And I just hate this idea that saying I'm a person who just wants to make the world a more loving place sounds like some crazy hippy dippy ideal. And how dare you bring that into the workplace? And you know, like how yeah. dare you try to help people at work where we spend eight hours a day at a minimum mm-hmm. and derive a certain large chunk of our identity from doing? I think that we 
kind of plenty of room for humanistic approaches toward work and and I think that accelerates performance. I think when people are kind of unchained, I mean, we all have tedious stuff. I'm, I'm sitting on 30 some odd emails since, <laughs> since a few minutes ago. And, oh, what a joy. You know, I mean, then, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I have to do a lot of tedious stuff. It's not that everything is flowers. But when you frame it through this of like, how can I use my job every day to help people and help society mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't feel a lot of guilt about that anymore and I don't think you should either no and I don't get the sense that you do but you may get pushback if you're you know if you're pitching if you're at another more traditional business class oh, and they absolutely. ask you tell me about yourself and you say oh, well I'm going to break the glass ceiling and people are like well, hey, hey little girl you know yeah. like and the, the, let's face it there's some gender stuff there too right for sure so so I don't think you should apologize for a second about it it can be kind of fun to push back like that. Yeah. To, it's fun to throw statements out to like that and get that reaction out of people. Yeah, and I, I, I want kinda, them... Yeah, it's not like you're I, doing... So, yeah. Like, what are you saying? You're saying, I want to help people. I mean... Yeah, and I, I want to, yeah. you know, it's a... Again, it's like, if they're not really interested in hearing, like, what I have to say, and, you know, it is cool to shake them up and make them think, and the whole idea is that before I kind of created this philosophy about love, like, I was holding myself back, you know, it wasn't, like, I was afraid, because I'm an absolute people pleaser, love to do things for other people, very um, intuitive socially, and tend to, I forget what the word is, but I take on other people's kind of emotion, or like, want to... Mm-hmm. carry everyone around it's called empathy empathy <laughs> well but like I think there's like a there is a term though when it's like you take on too much of other people's oh, sure, um, sure. emotional I, I can't yeah, forget, I forget but like as soon as you know I kind of defined that like I was emotional I had to accept it but then kind of redirecting it that now I'm able to look at someone and be very concise and clear and yeah. all this sort of stuff because it's just redirecting it, still being like, I care about you, right. I love you, like, this is how, you know. Well, I think I, I might push you back a little mm-hmm. bit on framing yourself as an emotional person, right? Because when we, what we're trying to do with performance science, too, is just talk about emotion in a very clear way. Mm-hmm. And so when you're saying I'm an emotional person, I think what you should, I think you should be more specific. You're an empathic person. And part of the downside of empathy and gratitude and compassion and a lot of these other very important and powerful emotion is... Pushing them too far can can be tiring. It's inaccurate to fall over backwards with gratitude every time someone holds a door for you. <laughs> um, and it's inaccurate to try to have complete, deepest empathy for every person you see in the sense that you also don't know their full mind, too. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of it. So, and, and when people use the word, oh, I'm an emotional person, I think that that can be very easily and more accurately stated as I'm someone who likes to connect. I'm mm-hmm. someone who likes to see the world from other people's perspectives because we're all emotional. That's mm-hmm. the thing is that we all vary in emotion. Trust me, the biggest, toughest dudes from, you know, my hometown. Mm-hmm. We went to a funeral early on in college for, for a friend of ours that lost and like the toughest, quote, toughest guys were just complete, complete blubber. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the way I really <laughs> have my own kind of belief about the people with this, the toughest shells of the softest insides. Yeah. They're, they're perfectly well emotional. They just express it differently. And that however you choose is, is fine if you're honest about it. So that's something that I think too, when if you're explaining yourself to people, you know, use some terms that are really, really precise. And that gives people a better chance to of knowing you are, say, 
And people have no idea what the word emotion means. Also, <laughs> you know, you say, I'm an emotional person. I'm like, is she going to cry? You know, like, <laughs> and it's not, yeah. you know, like, that's just stupid. It's not the case. And no, it's not at all. And, and the paradox here and what I really appreciate about what you said is that by saying I'm someone who leads with love, you're saying not only am I willing to say this thing about myself that's kind of vulnerable a little bit outside, mm-hmm. but I'm strong enough to own it. So yeah, there's such Brené a paradox. Brown. Yeah, exactly. It's very exactly. Brene Brown. It's very, very powerful. And I think that that's something that's going to resonate. That's awesome. Wow, that was a good one. Um, well, we all have something <laughs> to live up to. Yeah, that was rad. Um, thank you. Cool. Okay, well, thank you, Piper, and welcome. Thank you so much.